The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra, and my pronouns are she, hers, and we. I'm Safa Master, and my pronouns are him, his, and we. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. Okay, what are we drinking today? We're drinking Einger Bavarian Pilsner. Nice. Which, they make a big deal about this. It's brewed according to the, wow, Reibenheikengausbaut purity law of 1560. Of 1560? Yeah, so there had to have been a standard, and, and it's... Germans are all about standards. Yeah, I guess, you know, that's actually totally true. Yeah. So this brewery that makes this is family owned and has been operating since 1878. Wow. So we've had a Danish Pilsner. We've had a Czech, Czech. Pilsner. Yeah. Had and then we had some American local Pilsners. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now we're having a German Pilsner. Yep. Let's see. Can't see the color because it's in a brown bottle. Yeah, but more hops. Sweet hops. I like this. I do like this. But the hops are not bitter. No, it's a sweet hops. Yeah. And it's not overly fizzy. Ooh, I like this. This is really good. Okay, now I'm torn. I like this in a different way than I like the Carlsberg. I don't think it's a competition. You think this is better? I think this is way better. It's more like a Pilsner, like in the sense of the hop. I think that this is the easiest drinking of the ones that we've tried. Even more than Carlsberg. Yeah. The only thing Carlsberg had that this doesn't have, and it was the least fizzy of all of them that we've had thus far, was Carlsberg has, compared to this, more fizz. Yes, but the thing about the Carlsberg beer compared to this beer is that the Carlsberg beer had a much lower flavor profile. Yeah. And this one's got a much deeper Flavor Deeper profile. Flavor, flavor profile, but it's yeah. not bitter. No, it's not bitter. It's just way more interesting to drink. I like the hops when it's sweet like that. Yeah. It's good. This is a great beer. Yeah. Well, well done, Bavarian beer. <laughs> so number one is the... A- Anger. Anger. And number two mm-hmm. is the Carlsberg. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And what'll be fun is, because I think we're getting to the ends of our Pilsners... Yes. Uh, we'll have to, on our own, try the Carlsberg and Anger again against each other. That's right. Just to get a real good, two good frosty mugs mm-hmm. and really try them side by side. Well, you know, this is what I think. I think that they serve different purposes. I do think that. You know, so you would choose the Carlsberg. Mm-hmm. And I want to try the elephant beer. 
But we'll try that as a lager. And I think that's a lager. The Carlsberg, will, will, you know, is the kind of beer you take to the beach. Mm -hmm. Hot day. Hot day. Yeah. Whereas this is more of a And this beer you could you take drink. to a beach, but it's, well, but it. This is the beer you drink more with your barbecue. Yeah, this has more, more interesting flavor. flavor. Yeah. You know, you could see more pairing this beer with the right food. Absolutely. God, yeah. barbecue would be really good with this beer. Yeah. Yeah. Chapter 30. 30. Wow. We're I mean, getting there. So I just want to make a note that we've read this book one chapter a week right. for 30 weeks now. Yes, it's awesome though, right? Because we're on chapter 30. <laughs> yeah, we know that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. And it's interesting. So we're seeing a side of Amy that we haven't seen before. Right. Where she's like vindictive Amy. So now well, she really wants to go after them. She wants John's hide. Yeah. So now she's in a frame where she's getting this in front of the reporter from the Wall Street Journal. Right. And she's giving her the scoop, giving her the details. And she sort of lays out the frame of reference that she has on why these are bad deals, mm -hmm. what the relationship is between the different characters. Mm -hmm. And the reporter agrees that there's a story there. And the main conversation in that chapter is really about the question of should Amy be a confidential source or an anonymous source? Right. So I didn't really know the difference. Like, why we made would you some assumptions one, on that. Yeah. Why would you choose one over the other? So that's, I'm going to look, you know, look up to see if I yeah, can Yeah. I mean, out. we'll just share with what we were discussing. Yeah. We thought, because I asked the same question of you while you're yeah. reading, I was like, what? What's the difference between that? Because it seems like they're both not going to have a name attached. Right. But it seems like from our just uneducated guess, basically, yes. that anonymous could be coming from anyone even someone not insider, just an anonymous person with information. Right. And that confidential could indicate that the person's from the inside, that the information is coming directly from a whistleblower. Right. Basically. Effectively, yeah. So that was our assessment. We'll look into this a little more. But outside of that, there really wasn't much to the chapter, you know? No, it was her explaining what's happening and the reporter being shocked. Shocked and also excited because she's yeah. a reporter. And... You know, so where we are now is she's given the deep background to the reporter and the next chapter will probably share what that results in. Well, and I think she was, there was a note in there that, you know, Amy was kind of, it was a cathartic process to explain her story. You know, like she's had this story locked up and she's told parts to different people before they encouraged her to go forward. But now she's really giving the information, like seriously giving it versus just talking and complaining about it. Right. And, you know, she needed to be heard. Right. And I think that there's something important about that. Right. Well, she got home from her dinner and she sent the reporter a pretty graphic email about, you know, who's fucking who and the yeah. deals being this and deals yeah. being that. And that sort of lit up the reporter's attention. Mm -hmm. So I can imagine, you know, at that time, those reporters were like really trying to figure out how this all happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, this was a catastrophe in the financial world and the Wall Street Journal, being the financial reporting magazine that it is, mm -hmm. was on it. They were trying to figure it out. And I remember back in those days listening to, you know, conversations on Planet Money, for example, mm -hmm. 
where there was just a lot of confusion about what had happened because as far as we all knew, everybody's home was their castle. And all of a sudden, there's like your safest investment, they yeah, said. Yeah, just it's all gone, like poof. So yeah, there was a lot of curiosity about it on behalf of the financial reporters. And I can see why the intrigue behind Amy's email sparked interest for a reporter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember on the property side, real estate side, I had a person I was familiar with that was dealing with those F loans, the E and F loans. And you can say, well, they should have known better. But those were packaged by these people we're talking about right now. They were packaged and even allowed to get into the market where you were selling people homes, particularly this was in Lake Tahoe area, where you've got multi-million dollar homes, even if they're a shack house because of the property value there. And a lot of locals saw this as an opportunity because they were the, you know, Tahoe is an interesting community. It's a tourist community. So you have your locals that live there basically hand to mouth because of the service industry. And then everyone else comes in out of town or, you know, flies into Reno and then goes to their timeshare or their home or whatever. And so most of the homes are vacant at certain times of the year and then other times they're busy. And so the economy is all based on that. Well, a lot of the locals can't even afford to live in Tahoe, even though they work there. They have to live in Truckee or even further down into Reno and drive up the hill. And in winter, that becomes an issue. And so these loans open up possibility for people to go in on loans together and share households. And these were loans that were not even paying the interest. Right. And these people were backwards when they started it. Upside down. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just was, it was scary because yeah. then when that fell through, then those same individuals that were pushing those loans all of a sudden had no, nobody, you yeah, know, my brother-in-law was a house builder. Oh, really? Okay. And he had 10 houses in different stages of development. Right. And the bank foreclosed on all of them. They called them all and he couldn't pay it, you know, obviously because right. the value right. was gone. He couldn't even sell it. So he lost everything, you know, as a developer. God. And it was really a catastrophe. Like, so, I mean, it hit so many levels of yeah. the industry, yeah. not just the only the homeowners. No, no, it hit yeah, everybody. It hit everybody. Yeah. And it hit the financial world because they were leveraged to the hilt and they were had invested in all these credit default swaps. They had Which means all the all investments these... coming from other things yeah, it's all gone. were flopped. Yeah, so it was a big mess. And I can see why the reporters from the Wall Street Journal were very curious. Hungry on this. To get a particularly intriguing, salacious story. Like insider information. Insider, yeah. Sounds yeah. pretty good. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah. That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! Cheers!